This is from Luke chapter 4. It says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to him, uh, if you are the Son of God, tell the stone to become bread. And Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all authority and splendor. It has been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you, want, if you worship me, it'll be all yours. Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift, up, uh, lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all his tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit and news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. Well, uh, we begin uh, this Sunday our 21 days of prayer and fasting. We've been looking forward to this for quite some time. I'm very British, don't I? We've got some time. Uh, and this passage is kind of helpful in uh, helping us understand why we're doing this season of prayer and fasting. Unlike Jesus, we're just doing 21 days, which some of us are pretty happy about. <laughs> um, and at the end of that, we're going to go into Advent but uh, this season of prayer and fasting for us, um, we've felt very strongly called by the Lord to, to do this. And really, some, these sort of seasons help us get to the heart of what church is all about. And it also helps us wean, uh, weans us off the desire to build a community, a church that succumbs to the temptations of the enemy. Henry uh, Nowen has written the most stunning book, he hasn't just written many years ago, um, called In the Name of Jesus. If you haven't read this, I would so recommend it. It's short, so it's a good win. Like I read this relatively quickly and I was feeling like knocked off another book, so it's a good thing for the ego. Uh, but it's just stunning. And in it, he unpacks these temptations that I want to just quickly look at and then we're going to dive into a little bit more about what these 21 days are going to look uh, like for us. The first, uh, Henry now says the first temptation that Jesus uh, has is the temptation to be relevant, to turn stones into bread. Uh, to do stuff that really impresses people. Uh, you know, and, and, and now it's like, aren't we meant to make a difference in people's lives? Aren't we meant to feed the hungry and alleviate the suffering of the poor? Uh, and surely, like, you know, it would be good for our witness if we could do all this relevant stuff. Um, and now it says Jesus was faced with these questions, but when asked to prove his power as the Son of God by the relevant behavior of turning stones into bread, he clung to his mission to proclaim the word and said, human beings live not by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. The reality is that we're not called to be relevant. We're called to foster a passionate desire to dwell in God's presence, to listen to God's voice, to look at God's beauty, and to touch God's incarnate word and to taste fully of his infinite goodness. That's the core business of the follower of Jesus. The second temptation Jesus faced was the temptation to be spectacular, to do stuff that'll win great applause. You know, and it's like, throw yourself off the temple and people, you know, will see you and it'll be like, oh man, you must be God, you know. And Jesus refused to be a stuntman. 
Uh, he didn't come to prove himself. He could have done all sorts of things. He did many miracles, but he wasn't there. They were just signs of the kingdom. Um, and he's like, you just don't put me to the test. And then the last temptation to be powerful, which I think is one that the church in the West is really struggling with. Um, you know, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world and all of their splendor, the demon says to Jesus. And Henry Nouwen says this very um, insightful um, comment. He says, what makes the temptation of power so seemingly irresistible? Like, why is it that the church just feels like it's got to get political power? Like, like there's just this, um, and maybe, it, and even within the culture of some churches, like it's this power dynamic that goes on. He said, maybe it's that power offers an easy substitute for the hard task of love. It seems easier to be God than to love God. <laughs> easier to control people than to love people. Easier to own life than to love life. And so this um, taps into why we're doing the season of prayer and fasting. Because there is a temptation in every church to put your energy in to being relevant, to being spectacular, and to create a power dynamic, whether it's culturally within the community itself. Um, and, uh, and it's just not the way of Jesus. The way of Jesus is to, uh, is to go into the desert place and to pray and to fast and to seek God and to seek his presence uh, and to live empowered by the Holy Spirit. Um, and it's interesting because, you know, uh, in our culture, we have, um, we have mastered the art of critique. Like we've, we've worked that to an art form. We can critique everything, every business, every political party, every church, every leader. We're just like masters at critique. And, uh, and like, you know, it's important to uh, have uh, discernment, absolutely. So I'm not saying we shouldn't have discernment, but uh, the, the, what will happen is if we just continue to swim in our cultural waters of critique uh, and cynicism, is that you get bitter and cynical and disillusioned and actually wind up distant from God. And, and so, um, so I'm like, man, the church is so easy to critique. I'm one of its hardest, harshest critics. But here's my rule. Those that pay the highest price have the greatest say. Right? So like, anyway. So... <laughs> But here's the cool thing. This is why I was encouraging hearing Ross's gig this morning and communion stuff. It's like the thing that we've been hitting hard is that it's all great to have theories about how things should look. It's another thing to embody it and live it. As again, Sermon on the Mount, the, the Sermon on the Mount is bookmarked with, if you put it into practice, then, then you're actually doing the stuff. And so, uh, it's, so rather than going down this kind of cynicism, bitterness, disillusionment and distance, it's like what are we called to as a church is to embody the way of Jesus, to go into the desert place and seek our Heavenly Father. Like, that's what we're called to do. And that's great as a theory. We're now going to do it for 21 days. Now, we're called to live this, but there are seasons that we lean in, uh, and this is one of them, where we develop a dependence on our Heavenly Father and by fasting and praying, become people that aren't filled with bitterness and cynicism and disillusionment and, dis and, and wind up distant from God, that we actually choose to go in the desert place. And in that place, you get filled with faith, you get filled with hope for the future, and you get filled with love. You get formed in a cruciform way to become increasingly a person of love. But what's incredible for me is that uh, Jesus gets into this place and he gets tempted by the devil and he's in a strong place because of his prayer and fasting, not a weak place. It strengthens 
poisons us to see the attacks and the ploys of the enemy. And we've done a whole series on Live No Lies, exploring a whole lot of that stuff. Like you get strong in the desert place. And so Jesus, it's fascinating. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, into the desert place. So it wasn't like this was not the devil calling him. He went there, he chose to go there and in that place got filled to the point where as he leaves, the Spirit leads him into the wilderness. He leaves the wilderness after 40 days filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm after more of that. I'm like, that's what we need in the church. That's what we're, that's what we're about. And so uh, our 21 days begins. And I wanna recap uh, like kind of the context of these 21 days because we've been building up to it for a while. We've actually been building up to it from 11 months ago. We, we uh, you know, it was um, November, uh, Trevor Light System was coming and all the rest of it. And we just felt really clearly in the midst of all this cult- cultural complexity that the Lord was like, it's time to start pursuing a building. And we're like, oh man, okay, like, this seems like the nuttiest time to do that, but all right, you know, let's go. And so we kind of put it out there in this talk and it was still a kind of discernment thing for us. We're like, was that the curry or was that Jesus? And, you know, you kind of work all that stuff out. Uh, and, and there was just this massive yes and amen from you guys. People pledged crazy amounts of money and we hadn't even asked for it. You know, it was like, man, this is, okay, cool. And then it's like summer break, awesome. We come back and within, we did a mini series on the vision talk, mini series on the Holy Spirit. And then we're online. Hey, every pastor's dream. Yeah, let's just do it online. It's so sweet, preaching to a camera. And so we did, we literally did Lent and that whole thing. We just got out of, um, uh, and that was a self imposed one because of COVID, went bananas, obviously. Um, and we went uh, into Easter. Out of that, we, um, we looked at uh, Revelation. Every year we worked through a book of the Bible and we thought, let's pick the easiest one there. So that'll be good. Um, we've gone through Live No Lies. Um, again, just trying to get sharp around how does the enemy primarily operate, which is to whisper lies, and what are the spiritual practices we can, can put in place to overcome those lies. And then just in this, as, and like kind of happening, so those are what's happening on Sunday. The main stuff that I get excited about is, not, is what's happening not on a Sunday. It's like the, the upper clicks and the home churches and the huddles and the people pressing in on their devotional lives and all that sort of stuff. So parallel to that, all of that underneath, there's this growing hunger for God, there's a sense of like the Spirit of God stirring something in us. So we do a little mini-series uh, on uh, complacent, uh, passion has to be greater than complacency. It's not the time to circle the wagons. It's time to come out swinging with all that's happening in our culture. And so, uh, and even though we're all a bit tired and all the rest of it, His power is made perfect in weakness, hallelujah. So it's not just a passion that's like, I'm going to try and froth something up. It's empowered by the Spirit to live passionately for Jesus, blah, blah, blah. And all of that leads us to this 21 days. Because... It was like, you know, so how's it worth the building? And it's like, well, all along that, it's been like, oh, so how's it been? Oh, a bit, feeling a bit stuck and I'm quite sure what the next step is. And then I uh, had a little lean on the door post conversation with Megan Squires. who was like, man, I feel like this prayer and fasting thing is kind of the next step. We're going to lay a spiritual foundation for this thing. And as I said before, it's like I hear that and I'm like, oh, no, Lord, no, please, no, please, no. <laughs> Please don't be you, you know, I just, and it was, uh, and, uh, and here we are. And so, um, so part of the 21 days is like, we want to ask the Lord for a, a building. But the building is not the vision. The kingdom of God breaking into the bay, that's the vision. The presence of God that's heavy and tangible, that's the vision. People formed into Christ-likeness and living a radically countercultural life following the way of Jesus, that's the vision. The poor and broken finding life and freedom and healing in Jesus, that's the vision. A building's just there to serve that bad boy. 
So the building will never become the vision. That's a dangerous churches can get into where it's all you talk about is building. So no, the vision is kingdom of God, it's his presence, it's the formation of the saints, it's mission, all that sort of stuff. And, and this, is just a, this is just a step. So over the next 21 days, we are going to consecrate this as a time to seek God through prayer and fasting. Uh, but again, in terms of wider context, we follow the church calendar um, because for 2,000 years, the church has had the wisdom and creativity to mark t- uh, time by the gospel story of Jesus. Thus, time is made sacred in the church calendar. And so Advent, uh, which we're about to hit, uh, anticipates the coming of the Messiah. Christmas celebrates it, blah, blah, blah. And we've been in ordinary time for a whole lot of that. So again, if you're new to Bay Vineyard, like this is, we just cycle through this. We keep going through these key events of the life of Jesus. And we do that because we want our lives to be formed by the gospel story of Jesus. And we're not going to capitulate to secularism and just have a normal year where we, you know, we just maybe Christmas and Easter's a bit. It's like, no, we want our whole year to be framed around the gospel story of Jesus. And so we're finishing ordinary time with the season of prayer and fasting. And then we'll go into this time of anticipation of Advent. Advent, and then celebrating and Christmas. And here's why I mention all that, because um, it's, it's, it's healthy for us to have the ebbs and flows of the church calendar, where it's like we're, we're going hard out for the next three weeks. Like we don't normally go hard out at Bay Vineyard. Our team, our staff team, we're joking about this. We're doing a little push. We very rarely do a little push because we're very big on slowing down and, and, not have, and leading from rest rather than from adrenaline, right? Uh, and so we're very, but we're doing a push, but then uh, out of fasting, we go into Advent and Christmas, feasting and presents, baby, yeah. Like, come on, it's not, it's not intense the whole time. It's like we're gonna, we've got boys, the, for, we've got a men's event uh, called Meat Fest coming up to start Advent, which is just going to be epic. Um, you know, so we've just got all of this stuff to look forward to. And then as a church, we don't meet for three weeks after Christmas um, to give our volunteers a break and to just, and, uh, and I'm like, for me, it's the Festival of Booths. The Old Testament, you know, the Israelite people get into tents and just and celebrate God's goodness and what He had done, and so it was this kind of yearly festival. I'm like, it's kind of, I'm, think what you want of your summer holiday. I'm like, I want everything to be be not boobs, a festival of booths. I saw a whole lot of people starting to giggle. <laughs> festival of booths. Oh man, that's. I literally was like, why is everyone mumbling? And then as I'm speaking, I'm trying to review what I've said. I'm like, what? And then, oh, wait a minute. (laughs) That would be awesome. No, okay, anyway. (laughs) So I'm I'm trying to help you guys think biblically. Clearly I'm failing right now. Um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) But we go into summer... Where we, I've gone very red, haven't I? If I can feel it. <laughs> we go into summer, and it's again, we lean into rest. Because church isn't about church services. It is a spiritual discipline that's important. Absolutely. Like, man, you, you bail out of that thing, and it's trouble. But I'm like, there's this, like, three weeks, uh, nearly four, we're just, like, slow right, and we're like, please, church, slows down as much as you can in the name of Jesus. Like that's so again, we have all this, and if you do uh, the um, spiritual disciplines well, your week will have an ebb and flow. A lot of our folks in our church are beginning to pick up fasting on Wednesdays just as a spiritual discipline, and but then and also learning to practice Sabbath. So throughout the average week, and this is the case for me, it's like you know, there's I lean in and present, and then it's like, but Sabbath coming, oh, Sabbath coming, and then Sabbath's just wonder and delight and rest, and I don't work and I try and pleasure stack and all that sort of stuff, and it's and you have these love 
lovely rhythms, which are just, and so uh, often in the West with, the, with, our, our, um, with Pharaoh trying to make his bricks all the time and our whole thing of consumerism and production, like people just go, go, go until they burn out. But we're called to have a sacred pace where there's, just a, where there's a rhythm to it. So that's the 30,000 foot view. Let's zoom in now to the 21 days that start today. And we're going to just seek him and lean in and seek him first, not third or fourth. We're like, at least for 21 days, God, I'm going to try and seek you first. And, and I just, you know, it just hit me as I was preparing my sermon. I'm like, God loves it when we seek him. Isn't that beautiful to think about? God loves it when we seek him. He has pursued us all of our lives. The story of the Bible is a God of love pursuing his people in love. And when we return the favor, he loves it. He's blessed. And so there's two things that we're doing in this season especially. We're asking first, the number one thing is we're asking for more of him. We want you. We want more of your presence. We want more of you. Like we just want to know you and experience you and understand you and walk with you and know an intimacy with you and behold your beauty. We just want you. And the second thing we're doing in the context of that is asking for provision of a building. And there's two ways that this building will happen. God sovereignly does things sometimes where there's stories out there, not that common, but they happen, where someone's like, would you like to have that old supermarket church? Yes, please, we would really like to have that old supermarket. Yay, thank you. So it happens. Um, but the interesting thing with God, and, and he's made, he's the God of the universe, right? The building isn't an issue for God. Like I'm a little bit like, oh, how's this going to happen? He's not. He, Building, you know, and it's like it is, it is word, things happen. So it's like I'm not, he's not, but what he's, he's actually far more interested in our formation, right? He's far more interested in what's formed in us in the process of his provision. So the miracle is not the building. The miracle is that in the, what God wants to do is transform our hearts to be more like his. That's the miracle. The God who gave it all for us invites us to live in response to that. The miracle, um, you know, already the miracle is not God's... The, the miracle already is that in a proud city, in a proud nation, we as a church are bending the knee before God in prayer. That's miraculous. Um, you know, the amazing reality is that we... Again, there's amazing news, God. In great news. We've got all the money we need for the building. Hallelujah. It's just in your pockets and in your building portfolios and in your property thing. Like, that's, that's the only tricky little thing right now is that we've got all the money we need. It's just tied up a little bit at the moment. Some of your stuff, you know, some of your put. So that's the thing we need is the miracle is that somehow we would live radically generously and, and invest into the things of the kingdom. So we're not doing enough. You know, oh, here goes the pastor trying to, you know, put the flipping thumb screws on us to get some money. I'm not, we're not taking an offering for the building. Chill out in Jesus' name. But here's, here's the thing. But, but that's the miracle that's going to need to take place. That's the miracle. So that's what we're getting to ask God for. Yes, provide, Lord. Like, he could do it. But he's way more interested in our formation to become more like him, the God who so loved the world, he gave everything for us. But if you do feel like giving reference building in your uh, giving there, all right? <laughs> I'm not going to say No. And we're going to pray. Prayer is the most important cornerstone habit of the Christian life, and fasting is one of the most powerful tools we've got. And so as we pray and fast, we come back to intimacy with the Father. 
Um, as, as beautiful in Matthew 21, Jesus says, my father's house will be called a house of prayer. It's in all four Gospels. Um, and in John, it's in twice. He bookmarks the Gospel. It's like God's heart is that this would be a place that was a house of prayer for all nations. That's what the church is called to be. And, and Jesus went to the cross because he went into the temple and started tipping over tables to restore it to a house. That was the tipping point for his execution. It's like, that, this is a big deal for God. Harking back to Isaiah 58 and all the promises there, Isaiah 56, that, that there's a promise this will be. And so that's what the core business of the church, that we'll get on our knees and seek him. So Ryan mentioned this last week. There's different ways that you can engage with this. I've tweaked this a little bit, Ryan, because um, I want to make it, the, the bar even lower. <laughs> okay? So here's, so here's the different ways that you can engage with this. The entry level is that you would pray the Lord's Prayer at lunchtime. Now, I've timed it. You're talking 30 seconds. Brian's not happy. But I'm just saying, I'm like, just, now here's why. Here's why, Ryan, because you, you'll like this bit. My expectation as the pastor of this church is that if you call this church home, you'll do this. I would love our whole church to pray the Lord's Prayer every day for the next 21 days, sometime between 12 and 1 o'clock every day. Everyone can do that. And that means you're involved. If you call this church home, can you do that, please? I ask. Can you please do that? And what I'd encourage you to do if you're like, I can do that. You've, you've been really like, I don't know how I'm going to. And you're like, oh, I can do that. Then can you, like, you can do it while I talk. Check Facebook, Insta, and also set an alarm for whatever time. And, just, and I've got it on my phone already. And I've been doing this for a little while now. And it's like at lunchtime, that reminder and you can pray the Lord's Prayer. And it's in your prayer booklet if you want, but, but most people know the Lord's Prayer. Um, and now, I'll, we can go on now to uh, any intended prayer meeting, maybe fast a meal a week. But here's the thing. The early Christians would pray set prayers at set times that formed their hearts, reshaped their worldview, and empowered their mission. The early church prayed three times a day because the Israelite nation had done that and they just continued to do it, praying the Lord's Prayer. They did they'd set prayers that they'd pray in the morning, lunchtime and evening. And, uh, and so what's happened in the Western church a little bit, in charismatic circles especially, is that we have mistaken spontaneity with authenticity. And we've called rhythms and, and, and patterns like this empty ritual. Eugene Peterson says this, though. He says, The repetition of our Lord's prayers give us firm, a firm grounding for the spontaneities, the flights, the explorations, the meditations, the sighs and the groans that go into the prayer without ceasing to which Paul urges us. So the modern church, there's kind of like this, this bias towards spontaneity and a resistance between liturgy and rhythm, but we don't have to choose. We can have both. Hallelujah. You can have both. But it's interesting, true freedom and, and spontaneity is born out of grounded and deep rhythms, which is why we're giving set prayers like the Lord's Prayer. Because prayer is a lot like jazz or any, any instrument, really. It requires, you've got to have a firm grasp of the instrument before you can riff. Like before you can like really, and riff well, you know, you've got, to, you've got to know the music theory. You've got to know the basics. You've got to have that instrument like in your bones and then you can begin. You go to a club or something and see these guys, you know, doing solos that are spontaneous and it's like incredible, but it's like that, that instrument's in their bones. Like I've got a friend of mine, Barzi, who did jazz school and then he went on, on as a composition and all the rest of it. And he can literally like, 
hum and, and play the note. So whatever he thinks he can play. And that's what they do, that scat thing. It's just, but he just spent years learning his craft. And so if you want to pray with passion, you've got to learn some sheet music first. And you never graduate past this. Daily rhythms of prayer with set prayers lead us into a deeper life of prayer. When Jesus was asked, teach us how to pray, he didn't say, oh, you just turn up Bethel full noise and then, you know, shoot from the hip with whatever you feels in your heart. Oh, you know, he's like, no, when you pray, I can't tell you how you pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. And so on our website, um, you'll see... uh, We've got this website, babyinyardchurch.org slash 21 days. On there's all this information about our 21 days, including a, prayer, a talk I'd love you to listen to by Pete Gregg on the Lord's Prayer, um, which is just, it'll really move you and inspire you because this is going to be a big prayer for us uh, as we move forward. Um, because what's cool with the Lord's Prayer is that once you know it, you can begin to riff on off it. Again, just a, it starts like this, our Father. So it's like, oh, it's not my Father. It's our Father. And, and if you choose to engage with this in terms of praying this at lunchtime, it's like our Father. For Bay Vineyard right now, I'm joining between 12 and 1 o'clock our church as we pray our Father. I'm not doing this on my own. And in fact, uh, a third of the world's population probably pray this at some point in the week or in their month. I'm joining this huge family of people that are just praying the Lord's Prayer together. So our Father, thank you that I'm part of this whole thing. But if you're my Father, oh Lord, I want to know you as my Father. I had a pretty good Father, but man, you're the best Father. You're my Heavenly Father. I want to know And you can just go on. You're, you know, hallowed be your name. I worship you. You're worthy. And you just start to riff off that prayer. But if you want, you just do it the 30 seconds. And just say the prayer, absolutely no problem. It's wonderful. So on top of that, we've got our prayer meeting happening tonight. Uh, can I would love us this morning, we've been praying for years now, every week. Can we honour the faithful saints that have been praying and contending for this church and this region for years now? Let's honour them this morning. Thank you, guys. We appreciate your prayers. All the beautiful stuff that God is doing is because we've got saints that pray. And tonight we've got the prayer meeting. We'd love you to engage with that. And we've got live worship. It's going to be beautiful. And as we've already said, we've got the street prayer thing happening. We've got a prayer of blessing. um, And uh, we're going to pray uh, this beautiful prayer of blessing that we've written and the Lord's Prayer. And so they're, again, all on our website. But uh, And lastly, the devotional booklet. on, in this will be all your, all your bits and bobs, but uh, the way that, it, that we're encouraging you to use this is if you want to use this in the morning, I uh, would encourage you to use the opening prayer, and then every day you'll see that there's a corresponding prayer for that day. They alternate between the presence of God and His provision, and then at the end of the booklet there's a closing prayer. This will take you about 10 minutes, uh, and so uh, again, something beautiful about, if you, again, there's all invitation, but just there's something about, about praying, because here's the thing, if you just pray your own things, Angry people normally pray angry prayers. Fearful people pray fearful prayers. Anxious people pray anxious prayers. And greedy people pray greedy prayers. And this is why we need prayers that have been vetted by the church, that are wiser and deeper and more beautiful than us, that help shape, because prayer forms and shapes us. Um, And that doesn't mean you can't riff off and pray in tongues or sit in silence and do whatever you want to do uh, that's in there. So all of this stuff is on our website. Can we go back to those different options? Oh, in fact, no, let's keep going. Um, and so we've got all the prayer stuff happening there. And, and you'll notice that most of it leans into actually just his, we've got a few prayers of provision, but all of our other prayer stuff is about seeking him, wanting more of him. So that's where we're putting the majority of our focus. 
On top of that, we've got our fasting. Fasting helps reorder our desires. We've explored fasting for the last little while, and it's been encouraging to hear how people have been using that as a spiritual discipline. Again, a reminder, uh, Jesus says in Matthew 6, when you give, when you pray, when you fast. Kind of presumption that the sort of the, the bedrock spiritual disciplines of the Christian. Um, and most of us have got some sort of prayer life. Maybe it's as we run around. There's a, definitely a growing depth in prayer life here, which is great. The giving thing, I don't know where you're at on that. God bless you. But we've kind of got our heads around some of that. The fasting thing's a new thing for a lot of us. Eh? So, okay. Uh, and man, we're having fun engaging with that. Because fasting is this incredible ability. I really love the spiritual disciplines. I love that Sabbath is very tangible. Like it's, it's clear whether I'm doing it or not. It's 24 hours, that's beginning point, end point. So much of Christianity feels nebulous, but I'm like, on, on Sabbath, I know that this is a day set apart, consecrated. And this is, I'm really appreciating fasting as well, because I'm like, it's visceral, I feel it. And it's like this, this a physical expression of my, of my hunger for God. You know, so I actually, I'm, I'm appreciating that. Um, and so fasting demonstrates a whole person's earnest need and hunger for the presence of God. And it's done that throughout history. And fasting, as you see in the life of Jesus, is this gateway to power. And we, like, this is what we need in the church now is power. It's this gateway to a fresh intimacy with God. So we've had great engagement. This is our, so far what our fasting's looking like in terms of engagement. Um, and so the minimum we've got on an average day at the moment is four people fasting. But so far, and this is only, we've only had about 17 or 18 people fill this in. So, um, and I'm going to give you a little tune up in a second about that. But that's right, incoming uh, alert. Um, but isn't that encouraging? I'm like, that's amazing. Now, just so everyone knows, we don't, when, when you fast, it's all done in secret. What would you try and do all that sort of stuff? So we don't know who's, who's there's no names. There's a completely anonymous on the fasting front. But then on the sign-up front as well, I can't pin names to activities. So no one's getting past the brownie points. Oh, aren't you going a bit hard, mate? Well done. I have no idea how to read that. Like, just there's no, but also you can do that anonymous as well. Um, so with the fasting thing, we're like, come on, guys, let's go for it. Let's give it a nudge. Now, some people can't fast because of health reasons, and some people may have had a history with food that means it's not smart to do that either. Um, and I totally get that it's fine. And, but the Lord will speak to you about something that you can do that where you give something, you abstain from something else to engage in prayer and you feel it a bit, okay? So uh, the, the majority of us, though, can do a food fast. And as we say, the entry level is a meal a week. We're not making anyone do this, but this is just our suggestions. So if you haven't already, and most of you haven't, <laughs> um, I would love you uh, to sign up. Um, next slide. Um, because um, on our website, but you can also do this at info today, um, we've got this, this uh, sign-up sheet. Now, the reason that we're doing that um, is twofold. Number one, it's encouraging to see how people are engaging. This is cool. And I'm going to give another report next week around our engagement, okay? So it's, uh, I'm hoping that there'll be a real lift in terms of uh, people filling things in. Um, and if I don't report back anything next week, know that I was too discouraged to do it, and so we didn't do it. But I'm not worried about that. But that's, that's the first reason. It's lovely to get a sense of actually what's going on rather than just hoping. Not just for me, but for everyone. Is this actually really, people are actually really engaging with this. But the second reason is that... Um, we really want, I know the danger of people coming into a season like this and having great intentions but never following through. I've been there many times. And so this sign-up thing is some sort of formalizing of your commitment. So you move from intention to commitment. Here's actually what I'm going to choose to do. And friends, um, um, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. 
And you know who said that? I was doing some research. A French abbot, Bernard of Clairvaux, was the, is, is the attributed to where he was this guy in charge of a monastery and he's like looking at all these little monks, you know, and he's like a whole lot of monks there with good intentions, not doing too much, you know, and looking at the wider church going, we've got an issue here. And so, um, so at some point you've got to like, now nah, I'm going to be, get involved, right? And so here's my thing. I might give, do it anonymously, but there's no, there's no, we're not trying to control thing here or anything like that. But it's like, we're just trying to say, give God what you can. Just give God what you've got. If you've got it in you to pray the Lord's Prayer at lunchtime, just go to the form. Don't worry about leaving your name and just tick that box. Like do something that says, this is how I'm going to engage with it. But here's the other thing I've got to tell you, friends, is you don't have to be a good Christian to go hard out for Jesus. Like you don't, like honestly, I know that many of us will have wrestled with, oh man, there's 21 days of fasting, things come along at the worst time. I'm at a bit of a low web with my faith. I've been a bit naughty recently or it's been a bit tough or whatever. And it's like, man, this that funky thing of like, we've got to tidy up our mess and then we can pursue Jesus. It's like, no, you bring your mess to Jesus. You bring your whole messy self to Him and that's how we get transformed from glory to glory is that we're loved into holiness as we come into His presence. And so uh, don't like let that be the factor about how hard you go. Just make a decision today about what pursuit looks like, wise pursuit looks like for you at the stage of faith that you're in and go for it. Don't just think about it. Do it. Actually do it. Uh, put it into practice and you'll be building your life up on the rock. You'll be making choices in your pursuit for Jesus. And he loves taking messy, ordinary people and loving them to life. And his power has been made perfect in weakness. The one thing all he wants is our obedience. If, if God has a love language, it's obedience. If you love me, you'll keep my commands. If you love me, you'll do what I say. And so the Lord will speak to you about what your engagement will look like and, uh, and just be obedient. And then just let us know. And honestly, you'll put your name, it doesn't matter. But just, so then we've got a picture of what our church is doing. But I, I sound more grumpy than I actually am, to be fair, because I have actually been utterly blown away by this so far in terms of the engagement. I've, I've been a part of lots of prayer and fasting seasons in churches before, but I've never felt this level of anticipation and hunger. And from what I can pick up, this isn't unique to our church. In the New Zealand and around the world, there is a fresh hunger for God stirring. And there's a, there's a sense of a, of, a, of a coming wave of his presence. And so uh, it's um, very, very exciting. And, and like, again, the best thing about following Jesus is Jesus. So I'm not like, you don't do it to be a good Christian. You do it because the reward's Jesus. These are just tools. Prayer and fasting are just tools to get close to him. And they're great tools to use. And for seasons, you, you really go pretty hard. And that's the season we're in now. For 21 days, we're like, we're going to go hard. And I don't know what it looks like for you to go hard, but, but I'd love you to go hard. <laughs> uh, and because, friends, the dream, the dream is that we're a church dripping with his presence. And the, the dream is that we're a people so committed to him that, like, it's just, it's contagious. The dream is that, the dream is like that he's making all things new. Lord, begin with me. Like, the dream is that revival would begin right here in this heart. The, like, that's the dream is that we were just like, it would be thick with his presence. And so flag being spectacular and flag being relevant and flag trying to be powerful, what we're after is him. That's the dream's him. 
And so like, that's it. It's like, that's it. And this will be one season, and we'll do other seasons as we move forward, and there'll be a time for radical generosity in our church in terms of building things. But I don't know what he's going to do. I just know the next step is this. And I want him. I want him. I want, I want him. As the pe- I come into land with this. As, as we begin these 21 days, we are consecrating ourselves to God for these 21 days. And as the people of Israel approached the promised land, they were faced with, faced with every conceivable obstacle and opposition. And Israel called, uh, Joshua called Israel to pray and fast and seek God. And, and he says this in uh, oh, I don't know, I the, Joshua 3 verse 5, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. To consecrate yourself is to set yourself apart from all the hindrances and sins and temptations that keep us from walking in the will of God. And, uh, and it's just to, to say, yes, I choose you, Jesus. And again, I don't care how messy you are this morning, you can say, I choose you, Jesus. I'm going to consecrate myself for you. And I've been mulling over a lot this whole thing of like, in Ephesians it says that he will do more than you could ask or imagine. And for so long, I thought that about that in terms of size of church or whatever. And it's like, I've realized, you know what? He does more than we could ask or imagine, and he's already done this in Bay Vineyard, is transform our hearts and lives. Like, that's the miracle. He can do more than you could ask or imagine in terms of forming us into Christ-likeness. And that's where all the goodies are. That's where everything your soul longs for is found. It's in him. Love joy, peace, all that stuff you long to experience, it's found in Him. And so in conversion, and and, and as we continue to be converted throughout our lives, we receive God's gift as grace. In love, He comes to us. But in consecration, we choose to give ourselves wholly to Him, to wholly give ourselves to Him. And so uh, this morning, that's what I'd like to do as we finish is I would like to, um, obviously, there's very tangible next steps in terms, like, guys, today you have to work out what you're going to do for these 21 days. Like, this is decision day. If you put it off until now, you've got to decide this morning what it's going to look like. Um, And it's fine if you don't do anything. The train stops at every station. We'll continue to invite you. But for those that are, like, feeling yes and amen, you need to decide today what you're going to do. And, uh, and again, I'd love you to formalize that, but I'm going to write it down, stick it on the website, stick it on the form over there, whatever it may be. But the second thing we're going to do now is just consecrate ourselves. And if you know, even if you haven't worked out the details yet, you're going to do it between now and the end of the day. But if you know you're in, then I want you to take this seriously. Yeah. Like we're going to consecrate ourselves to seek the Lord. And, and like tonight's going to be a zinger at the prayer meeting. I just can't wait. I'm itching to get there. And the street prayer is going to be beautiful. You know, and, and people getting up and doing this, it's going to be stunning. And every day, people pray, most of our church praying the Lord's Prayer together. Incredible. People fasting every single day. It's just incredible. And 36 hours of prayer is the icing on the cake. You know, and then we've got Frank Ritchie coming out of a contemplative service to finish off the whole 20 years. I mean, it's just, we've got, it's like, it's a banquet of his love that's available to all of us. This prayer and fasting is not a little somber thing. It's like, oh my gosh, this is the prayer and fasting season. A few of the boys will be like that. Come on, we'll see this. It's like, I was texting on the guys yesterday, it's Christmas Eve. It feels like Christmas Eve. Can't. And that's the proper posture to have this, isn't it? Oh, we should probably do it. It's like, we get to pray and fast and seek him and to consecrate ourselves and pursuing the only thing that matters. It's him. It's all about Jesus. All about Jesus.